0: Hello and welcome to a special episode of the League One Lowdown podcast where we talk through our mid-season awards. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the biggest underachievers, the surprise packages, who the hottest prospect so far in the league has been, the player of the season, the signing of the season, the manager of the season so far, and also the manager most likely to go next. As ever, I'm joined by my two trusted co-hosts, uh, Alex Broom and Matthew Arles. How are you doing, guys?
1: Yeah, I'm all right, you?
0: Yeah, I'm all right, mate. Have a good Christmas.
1: Um... Well, it could have been better with um, Wickham's results. these in all three games every Christmas, but
2: still four points to play at the top of the league, so it could be worse, I guess.
0: What about you, Ozzy? Did you have a good Christmas, mate?
2: Yeah, very good Christmas, Joe. Um, obviously, a bit of a mixed bag with results, but I think that was uh, a little bit expected. But no, I'm, I'm very, very good, mate. And yourself?
0: Yeah, either of you guys get any Lynx Africa sets or anything? Or...
1: Uh, I did, actually. It wasn't,
0: I it I wasn't Lynx, Lynx Africa. Set. It was... Um,
1: yeah. It was Link's Ice Chill. I'm looking at it now. I did oh. as well, Bruce. Oh, I did, did you? Oh, as smelling like Isles. That is a delightful <laughs> thing to know. I got I got oh, David
0: Beckham Hom, which is uh, much more. Oh wow! So. Oh wow! Sorry, boss boys. Sorry. Right,
2: let's well, see.
0: I'm the
1: real winner, as so I'm spelling like Isles. So just <laughs> wait for the Bears to come
2: calling to
0: me. Right, let's uh, crack on with uh, talk about the football. Um, as I said, we're going to go through our mid-season awards. We're going to start off um, with the biggest underachievers so far in the league. So, the ones that we um, thought would be up near the top of the league or doing quite well and have flattered to deceive so far i mean my first suggestion suggestion sorry for this one is is pretty obvious and that's Sunderland i mean i think you both uh you guys both had them winning the league in your pre-season predictions they sit uh in mid-table currently um really struggling under phil parkinson after dispensing with jack ross um matt what have you made of uh, Sunderland so far and would you say they're the biggest underachiever so far this season in league one
2: I think they have to be the biggest underachievers, don't they? You know, they were so close to, to getting into the Championship at the first time of asking. It's just almost sort of resonated really, hasn't it? You know, it sort of just echoed the that happening against Charlton in the playoff final. Jack Ross got the sack. I think that was the right decision. The, the results weren't there. They weren't winning games. It was pretty much a familiar pattern to last season. I think the new manager that they made is personally the wrong decision. I remember when we Sort of discussed it on on the podcast. We should have said that they should have got Stendhal. Obviously, they went with Parkinson. Um, and the football's very similar. I think he's only won two games since he arrived through the door. There's a lot of growing concerns amongst the fan base. There's a lot of, um, upset supporters, as you'd expect. Um, so they are the the biggest underachievers for me. The squad that they've got as well. Um, you know, the, the, the fan base. It's, it's been a really poor season by all accounts. And, you know, they do have hope in the second half of the season. It's not completely lost that they couldn't get into the top six. But for me, I just think that they um, really aren't going to really pull up many more trees this season, if I'm being honest. So they are the biggest underachievers for me. Yeah, mm,
0: They currently sit 13th in League One after 21 games played. Um, looking at through the other under teams that perhaps are underachieving, Portsmouth. I think we all fancy MK Dons to be sort of fairly decent. Peterborough, I think we we thought they'd be challenging for the top 2. They currently sit 6th. Um Brum, what do you think mate? Who who are your biggest underachievers so far in League 1? Is it Sunderland?
1: Um yeah, I think pretty much everyone would agree that Sunderland sitting in the bottom half of the table is a considerable underachievement considering what they're spending on wages and the players they've got in their squad. I mean 13th for the halfway mark of the season almost is, pr- is pretty pretty shocking really and as as um as he said, they probably were right to sack Jack Ross. They sacked him when they were sixth in the league after 11 games, thinking that was like not good enough in itself. Think the football was pretty stale and dire and it just seemed right for a change. They drawing, they've drawing so many games and it just sort of felt like Ross had sort of done his course at the club. He couldn't really take them any further. So getting rid of him probably wasn't the the wrong decision. But then the replacement in Parkinson, I think is a pretty shambolic appointment, if I'm honest. Like Bolton fans didn't rate him when he was there. He was sort of hounded out of the club for quite a while. And then when he, when he did leave, Bolton fans were pretty happy. And then a bigger club come calling Sunderland who, let's face it, have higher aspirations of Bolton and they, and they decided to appoint him as manager. I mean, I know he wasn't first choice. They did speak to um, other managers, um, Ainsworth, Stendhal, to name a couple. For whatever reason, they couldn't get them in the door. But to go, to go for Parker, I think, was pretty poor. And I, I did quite like Sunderland's recruitment in the summer, to be fair. I felt... Um, the, the fact they only lost five games last season it showed that like they're, they're sort they're sort of a team who are tough to beat and they just sort of lacking that little bit of quality and I think the signings of um, Mcnulty and Dobson and especially I thought would really address that sort of players who are proven at the lower league level they're quite young they're hungry they will they they will give them all they play for the club especially Mcnulty I thought would have that little bit of um, quality required to win the games when it's a bit tight but he hasn't really hit the ground running as um, I thought he would and. It's um just gone pretty pretty downhill for them. I think this has got to be the worst time that I can remember to ever be a Sunderland fan. And uh, Parkinson's only won three of his ten games since three of his ten games since being appointed. And they were against tram- two of them were Tranmere and End, But which let's face it, are probably two of the, two of the weakest sides in the league. And if you don't beat Southend, you probably well you're pretty pretty shocking. Let's be honest. And um yeah. it's it seems as if he he's already on thin ice with his job as he they've dropped from fifth to the no, sixth sorry to 13th since he's um been at the wheel but miraculously because the league is so um the league's so poor in quality there are still only five points off the playoffs for the game in hand so it's, it's not it's really not impossible that they could end up finishing in the top six but unless things start to drastically change i can't see it myself
0: well of course this award is only biggest underachievers so far still as you mentioned a long way to go in the season um a couple of other suggestions that I had. Portsmouth, one of them. Matt, what have you made of Portsmouth this season? I mean, again, I, I, I thought they might win the league this season. They recruited fairly well in the summer, I thought, anyway. Uh, two strikers brought in, Ellis Harrison and uh, John Marquis, who are proven at this level. Um, some other, I thought, shrewd signings. Um, Marcus Harness from, from, from Burton um, was, was one of them in particular that really impressed me, but they sit ninth. They have turned it around recently. Jack has been under a bit of pressure this season. What have you made of Portsmouth this season?
2: Um, I think that they, I think you are quite right to to say they are underachievers. I think only Sunderland's you know, plight as we as we talk about it, has has been made worse. But they had a really poor start to the season, didn't they? Um, and there was a lot of talk of, of Jacket going, um, and to, to an extent, he's turned it around. I think um, it hasn't helped that he's had heavy defeats in his last two away games, you know, with Accrington and MK Dons. That's certainly not going to help his case. But then he's had two big wins against Ipswich and Wickham, so. You know, he certainly turned things around there um, to, to that respect. But, yeah, you've got to feel really disappointed with, with Portsmouth. I mean, you know, I certainly had high aspirations for them. They certainly weren't my, my pick to win the league. But, obviously, the squad they've got, you're always going to bat them to be top six. The manager as well, for some reasons or another, obviously, with the results, it wasn't working. Um, I, I still do think they can get in there. Maybe that's me being a bit um, biased. But you look at their squad, their, their the quality they've got, they can still get in there. But the first half of the season, yeah, no doubt that they have uh, been uh, serial underachievers, let's say.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think we're all in agreement, though. That Are we all in agreement that Sunland are the biggest underachievers so far,
1: though? Brum? Yeah. yeah. yeah one other team which I think have been underachieving, which may come as a surprise to some people. I seriously expected more of Lincoln this season. I mean, really? I, thought that, I thought they'd push for the top six. I mean, I know that losing... Um, Danny and Nicky Cowley is far from ideal since they've built the success they've had in recent years pretty much from scratch but they've still got the squad of players they've assembled and I thought when Michael Appleton was appointed as um, the Cowley's successor I thought that was, a, that was a great appointment I thought he's mm. the exact sort of manager with um, sort of like a similar way of working in the sense to the Cowleys that the recruitment he gets is like a big part of um, the success um, which which he builds and I know you, he hasn't really had he hasn't had the chance to bring in his own players, but I'd still expect um I would have expected them um to be higher than seventeenth right now. They they've still got um as I said this squad left to challenge, but they've dropped from fifth when Danny Cowley left to seventeenth now, and that's um they picked up what 15 points from the 15 games since um Cowley's left, which it's not disastrous form like you won't get relegated in that form, but for a team who I th- thought would be probably challenging up there, they've been quite a bit short and. I think the reason for that could be that the two players we highlighted for them to be great signings in the summer, George Grant and Jack Payne, have got in a, a combined three goals and 39 appearances, which is pretty, pretty poor seeing as I, I was thinking that those two could seriously thrive um, in this Lincoln team. But they've not really um, pulled, pulled their weight so far.
0: Mm, yeah I mean one thing I would add with uh, Lincoln is I expect them to do some decent business in January I think um, Appleton's recruitment has always been strong and I actually think they will come in strong in the second half of the season but yeah I mean we're, we're, we've decided that the biggest underachievers are Sunland rather unsurprisingly we'll um, move on to a bit more of a positive note now by talking about who has been the uh, the biggest surprise uh uh so far uh, the surprise package so far of the season um i guess there's only one place to start really and that's uh you know wickham i think even even youbrum looking at your um looking at your predict table at the start of the season you had wickham in 15th position not even you um, were imagining wickham to be so high up in the table i mean it's surely got to be wickham for for the for the surprise package of the season so far isn't it
1: yeah i think if anyone says it's not wickham you're just trying to lie to yourself really i think <laughs> no one and I, I genuinely mean that I don't think anyone in the world truly expected with the Wanderers to be um, four points clear at the top of the table going into 2019 and if you were then I w- want to see some proof of that because it was I I, not even in my wildest dreams really thought we'd be um, putting this much of a challenge into promotion this season and it's it's quite remarkable really. I mean I feel like I say it in every single podcast so I'm not really going to go into too much about why it's been so good but the form we've sort of had a bit of um, a dip down to reality in the Christmas period. Three tough games against um, Oxford, Portsmouth, and Coventry. Three, three defeats. Which, I mean, it, there's no, there's no shame in losing to any of those teams really. But when you lose three games in a row, it's all, especially when you're sort of in the hunt for promotion, it's never. Well, it's of course, it's not a good thing. and It can, can be pretty disastrous. But the early form which we had at the start of the season and the inconsistency of most of the teams. Um, than Chase and Pack has meant that the seven point gaps only dropped to four points, which, let's face it, could have been much worse after three successive defeats. I mean, I'm not going to make any predictions of whether I think we're going to stay at the top of the league, but realistically, okay, I'm going to make a prediction, we're, 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 probably not, but I'm just going to have my feet on the floor and just enjoy the rest of the season and what will be will be. But I saw this um, graph today, which was quite interestingly, that it seems that we beat we were unbeaten against the sides in the bottom half of the league. We played all twelve sides of the bottom half, one ten, drawn two. And then it's just top half um teams which we tend to struggle against. We've um only won two out of the ten fixtures against some um, of the top half teams. But it's it's still the form's still been good enough to keep us top of top of the league. So a repeat of what we of um this run of Still see Wickham probably top of the league come the end of the season but as I said I probably don't think we will be able to sustain it but who knows
0: mm. I mean I'll put forward um Oxford United as one of the honourable mentions I'm, I'm pretty much in agreement The Wickham have been the surprise package difficult to take away from them but Oxford second in the league best goal difference in the division playing some superb football and also Oxford uh, are top of the table um of the uh the calendar year 2019 picked up accumulated the most points in league one in 2019
1: how many points uh, any that? Side. do you know
0: don't ask me that, Broome. I don't know the answer, no. mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, just ahead of Sunland actually, which proves sort of how many they accumulated uh, under Jack Ross last season, which is quite interesting. But uh, yeah, there's certainly been... I mean, again, you look at our predicted tables. This, I think we did this just before Oxford made quite a few decent shrewd signings, um, yeah, which definitely elevated, because I, I, I think I had us, us uh, quite low down. But um, broom, you had us in 14th, and, uh, and Matt, I think you had us in 17th. So, oh, you know... By that sort of um, reckoning, by our own predictions, you know, Oxford have far succeeded those sort of expectations and uh, currently sit uh, second in the league after an impressive 2 1 win at Wimbledon uh, yesterday. Um, Matt, I mean, I guess you could also put forward Bristol Rovers, couldn't you, as well?
2: Yeah, I think obviously I'm in agreement that Wickham are the biggest overachievers. I think Oxford as well is is the right call to make. But I think Rovers as well, you know, you've got to remember that, um, you know, we, we did survive in the penultimate game of last season our budget's been restricted. You know, I don't want to go into in-depth about why we have been good, because I've explained it before many times on this podcast. But, you know, the budget's been restricted. Our manager's gone. Um, We've got a new manager who's come in. And um, it's it's very early days in that sort of sense. But, you know, seventh in the league where, you know, 20, what, 22 games we played this season. I would have snapped your hand off for that Um, when, when a ball was, before a ball was kicked this season, given how poorly we started the first sort of, um, four three games of the season where we didn't score, so I think there's an honourable mention there for, for my team, Rovers um, and it, it's the same with Alex you know, I don't think we'll get in the playoffs personally I think there's too much quality um, in there, you know, the likes of your team, Oxford, I think Wickham won't be any less, you know, they might not be in the top two, but I don't see them really falling by the wayside, you've got Rotherham, Ipswich, Peterborough you know, there's Fleetwood there, there's other teams there who are better than us, I think, but you know, look, we're going to, you know, it's one of those, enjoy it. But I I still think, you know, if we could get into the top 10, I still think that's a massive overachievement for us, given how far we've come. Mm,
0: mm. But again, I think we're all in agreement that Wickham are uh, yeah. the surprise package so far. Brummy, yeah, I think yeah, you're going to be answer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um. I think
1: you're absolutely lying to yourself if you don't think Wickham are the
0: overachievers. No, I agree. This no,
2: I agree. Yeah, I do agree with that.
0: All right. Before Brum goes off and on when we we'll move on, um, <laughs> and we will move on to uh, to who we think's been sort of the the young player of the season so far, the hot prospect, the best hot prospect, um, Matt. Who do you think's been? Uh, you know, and by the, by the way, actually just pointing out, it's below um, is age of twenty one and below that we're going to count count as a young player. Um, Matt, I'll come to you first. Um, who do you think's been the best youngster so far that you've seen in 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 League One?
2: Well, I think for me, I put three names down, but the one who stands out for me is probably Marcus Force. I think he's made probably the biggest impact of anyone. You know, he's come in, it's his first, uh, I think it might be his first loan out of Brentford, if I'm wrong then, correct me. But, um, you know, he's done a really, he's, you know, pretty much almost been the stalwart of the team. I think, you know, you look at Piggott um, and Force, but when you got those two, I think that always, you know, that, that will put Wimbledon just outside the relegation zone. But, you know, he's a real powerful player. He's good with his feet. He's um, quite, you know, he's very quick on his feet. Um, he's scoring a lot of goals. It's a loan that's benefited all parties. And I think, especially when Wimbledon under um, Wally Downs in the first part of the season are really struggling, you know, he was the shining light. So I think for me, he's, uh, he's been the, the best young player of the season. Honourable mentions as well, I'd say, obviously, Alfie Kilgore for Rovers, his first full season. You know, he's fitted into um, League One and football like a duck to water. Um, homegrown lad as well, which makes it even special. And I think Joe would have probably maybe put this one down. Shandon-Baptiste I think he's had mm. a great season as well. He's been linked with um, Premier League clubs of reportedly sniffing round him. So, I'd have, I had those three down but for me, um, I would say Marcus Force has probably been the young player of the season for me.
0: Mm, yeah, Marcus Force, as you mentioned, 11 goals for a struggling AFC Wimbledon side, on loan from, from Brentford, 20 years of age, Shandon Baptiste, 21 years of age, the highest uh, pass success percentage in the whole league, 8, 88.5%, uh, a dynamic midfielder, scored some tremendous goals this season in League and Cup, um, yeah, definitely put his name forward. Also, Sam McCallum as well, I think from Coventry, um, signed from 8th tier Hearn Bay in the summer, still only 19, left back. Um, has been really really impressive for Coventry this season another full-back Luke, Luke Wolfenden, who's really made the right back position his own this season uh, 21 years of age at Ipswich Town um, Broom who, who do you think um, has been the best young player so far this season mate?
1: Yeah I'm in agreement with Viles here I think Foss what he's done at Wimbledon when he's when you're in a struggling side to score 11 goals in 16 games that's takes some serious going really there's obviously for chances are Probably a few and far between compared to what you'd be if you're dominating games. Wimbledon certainly don't really dominate many games, and I think it's sort of testament to what Brentford are like. They've got a reputation of sort of nurturing young players and sort of selling them on for huge profits to Premier League clubs. And perhaps this guy could be the next one. He's sort of um, like he sort of reminds me in a way of Elias Chamberlain. He's on like, a bit of a wicked pass, when he was on loan at Stevenage last season. Like he's absolutely thrived in that Stevenage team when he's on loan from QPR, and now he's um playing in the Championship same as. Easy when he was um, playing at Wickham when he was on loan from QPR as well. So perhaps next season we'll see um, Foss playing in the Championship, especially if Oli Watkins goes, which it looks like he probably will do. So, so, Brentford have already got their replacement lined up perfectly, I think, if um, Ollie Watkins does move on. I
0: mm, suppose I suppose it also depends how you sort of define this question when you talk about young player of the season. If it's, I suppose if it is. Out of these, you know, players that we mentioned, who has been the best player of the season? I suppose Force takes it fairly comfortably, I'd imagine. But I think in terms of which player. Uh, can go furthest out of this lot I would put forward Baptiste as the player I think can go furthest um, and play at the highest level I think he really is something special I think his injuries have limited his his, uh, appearances this season he's picked up a couple of niggly injuries at inconvenient times that's meant he's limited his game time and Oxford have got a fairly strong midfield as well with James Henry Alex Goring, Cameron Brannigan that you know really meant he's had to to work hard to get in the team but I do think that you know, hit some of his performances of late, he's really been outstanding. And I think he will play at the highest level if he keeps his head down and avoids any long-term injuries. So, although, I'm, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll go along with you guys and say Marcus Fors so far. Um, but I think um, if he stays in League One, of course, I think Baptiste is going to have a big second half of the season. Um, he personally will have a lot to say in the promotion race for Oxford. Um, are we all? going to move on then, Marcus Fors is the, is the best young player so
1: far? Yeah, yeah oh, I'd say so, so yeah
0: right let's move on to um the next category which is player of the season um matt who do you think's been the player of the season so far mate i mean there's been a lot it's a, it's a hard hard question to, to answer um i've put forward uh, you know, I've, I've got down here Ivan, tony marcus madison mm. uh, jacobson from wickham yeah. uh brannigan um there's so many names rolling curtis from portsmouth H- who, who have you got down mate for for player of the season
2: well, I think mine and your list was very, very similar, Joe. So I, I probably have to say Madison just shades over Tony. I think strikers, you know, are you know when they're really in good form and they're scoring goals, are so often the, the talking point of any team. But to have a player like Madison, you know, so you get so many assists. Every team that plays against Peterborough, you identify Madison as, as as the the player to stop. I mean, I think stopping a player like him is harder than stopping Tony or Issa. Because he gives them the supply. He gives them the balls in the box, the balls to their feet, through balls, whatever, you know, whatever. But he's a tremendous player. Look, I think for me, a lot of people do question his ambition. You know, is he this big fish in a little pond at Peterborough in this league? Um, but you know, whilst it's certainly his game, it's, it's certainly his team's game. And I think he's, he's a fantastic player. Um, you know, he just, he just knows how to, to pick a pass, his decision making and, Every year he just seems to get better and better and the consistency he shows is is absolutely phenomenal. So that's why I think he is the um, player of the season for me. And I I couldn't really think of any more honourable mention to me. I think you've pretty much hit the nail on the head there, Joe, if I'm being honest. Maybe one I could say, Chakala for for Rovers, how many times he's, he's saved Rovers in goal. But that might be, you know, just trying to fill a place. But for me, it's Madison all day long.
0: Uh, Brum, at, the, at the midway point of the season, Madison has got nine goals, six assists. Uh, again, taking the league by storm. Are you in agreement with uh, with Matt that he's been the best player so far, or have you got another suggestion?
1: Um, I've got a couple of other suggestions, but yeah, in general, I think everyone knows how big a fan I am of Marcus Madison. I see, I'm um, watching the EFL highlights on Quest every week, and it seems he's scoring an absolute belter every single time I um, see see Peterborough pop up. But He's he's sort of um whilst I still do think he's been the best player in the league he's sort of dried up a little bit in the, in um terms of form and that's no coincidence I think in Peterborough sort of tailing off and dropping down I think they are quite reliant on him to sort of make make them ticks like create something out of nothing and when he when he when he's not on it perhaps Peterborough aren't quite sort of this, the same team which um they are when when he's playing really well and I think he he didn't play against Wotherham um which was yesterday and they lost that four 0 so. That's their biggest defeat of the season when he when he didn't even get in the squad and it could be uh, I was trying to find out why he was in the squad I couldn't really see anything saying he's injured so perhaps um he's been left out deliberately because of um the transfer speculation I'm not too sure I remember Peter did something similar with Jack Marriott a couple of years ago he was um strongly linked away to a few Championship clubs so Steve Evans just didn't play him for the last couple of games of the season so it's not it's something that um the period the obviously you get behind like if you're not if your head's not 100% there at the club then you, you don't play which I think is sort of fair enough but when it's a player as important as what he is to Peter perhaps an exception could be made but he, I think he's definitely the best player in the league and so far I think he's been the best player this season but I, I like giving um, defenders a bit of a shout out in this nomination too and there's um. The two teams who conceded the fewest goals in the league, well, two of the three teams, um, Wickham, Oxford and Ipswich. I've got um, the centre-half for Wickham and Oxford, um, I've got um, Darius Charles from Wickham and then Dickie for Oxford, I think, to ever mentioned mm. this conversation. With Wickham have only conceded 12 goals this season when Darius Charles has been on the pitch. Okay, He may have missed six games due to his um hip, meaning he can't play two games in a week, but to concede a few, fewer than a goal a game when he's been on the pitch it just shows what an absolute colossal he is and I think during the um defeat, a four-1 defeat against Coventry, his um leadership and organizational skills were missed hugely in the de- in the defence. I think he's a massive factor why this Wickham team concedes so few goals. He's an absolute man mountain. He's a, as an organizer. He gets the best out of sort of the younger defenders around him, and um Stewart and Grimmer. And, it, and, he, and he, I think the fact he's come back from uh, which an injury which would have ended the career for most professional footballers, and he's come back to absolutely star in the meanest defence in the league. I think that's a huge testament to his attitude and the trust which um, Gareth Southgate has in him to release. Because um, Adam Alab who was Wigan's captain and started the first two games of the season, got released. Um, well, sort of partly um, accompanied by, company by mutual agreement once it was clear that Darren Charles could play a big part in the season. So. The fact that Ames has put all this trust in him shows how important he is to um, the to side who are currently top of the league. And then with Dickie as well, I, I, obviously I've only seen him play a handful of times when Oxford have been on TV and or when I've um, watched a game. But every time I've seen him play, he's really impressed me. He's very good on the ball. He can, So when, when um, Oxford played Wickham, he played, a few, uh, he played out from the back absolutely superbly. Again, part of um, the joint meanest defence in the league, albeit Oxford played one game fewer than Wickham. So that might not be the case when all games... um when they play their game in hand. But I think Dickie's, um an absolute superb talent and I'd be very surprised if there aren't Championship Clubs sniffing around him in January.
0: What about um, Ivan Tony? Division 14 goals. He's been subject to a lot of interest from Championship Clubs. Preston have been heavily linked. I mean, uh, he, he surely got in with a shout, hasn't he, Matt?
2: Yeah, of course he has. I think his, his goal-scoring run is phenomenal. He just sort of seems that the player who, if he's given a chance, he's not going to miss. He can score all type of goals. You see the highlights... You know he scores, you know goals in the box. He scores um, lobs one on one. He's superb. He's an absolutely, you know, superb finisher. You know we've seen him score goals from around thirty yards out, whether it's League Cup. Um, So it's it's no coincidence that he's getting linked with um, Championship clubs. Um, And yeah, he's definitely worth with a shout. And that's why I said when I was sort of giving my opinion, just how close it is between Madison and Tony to be um, at the moment at this midway point of the season.
0: players of the season for me I definitely put forward Cameron Brannigan as my as my personal opinion I think he is in my opinion the most consistent performer in the whole of the league um I think if you have the opportunity to watch Branigan on a weekly basis like I I do have, um, then I think you'll realise that he is somebody that is destined for a higher level. I think, you know, Oxford have, have had a few players over the years that have gone up into the Championship, into the Premier League. You look at somebody like John Lundstrom now performing at such a high level um, for Sheffield United um, in the Premier League. For me, Branigan is by far and away the best midfield probably the best player I've seen in Oxfordshire and I think he's been outstanding this season um, I think it's inevitable in the in the in uh, this window in January or the next he will go on to to, to go into the championship or even above um, I'm not sure we're going to agree with this I mean there's some other honourable mentions as well um, I'm, I'm sure sh- People will be suggesting if we don't already if we don't say it. Scott Fraser at Burton's picked up eight assists. Paddy Madden and Mo Iser have uh, had thirteen goals each for Fleetwood and Peterborough, and also um, Liam Feeney has been probably the surprise player of the season at Blackpool. He's had ten assists. Um, but I mean, who who are you going for, bro? Are you going for Madison? You, um, you going for Madison?
1: Yeah, I'm going for Madison. I think.
0: I you you agree with Madison, didn't you, mate? Yeah,
2: yeah, I I I, I go with Madison, yeah,
0: hundred Well Players have been outvoted, but um, yeah, I mean, to be fair, Madison's been outstanding this season, and uh, I mean, it would be interesting to see like out of these players, obviously this is the mid-season, um, uh, player of the half-season so far, if you like. Um, it would be interesting to see actually how many of these players are still at in league one come the end of the campaign it could be a completely different list because tony madison Branigan uh have all been linked with moves away so it'll be interesting to see if how much that changes come the end of the season but um we are voting marcus madison our player of the season so far at the midway point um let's move on to signing of the season which is going to be a slightly different list we'll mix it up a little bit um Matt, before we recorded, you put um, the Bristol Rovers goalkeeper forward, um, yeah. which was a bit of a surprising choice. But actually, he's been, quietly, he's been quietly sort of been doing really good stuff for Rovers this season, hasn't he?
2: Yeah, he has. And I think there was a lot of concern, obviously, when Jack Bonham left last season. Another really good goalkeeper for us that we were going to not replace him. But jackal has come in and done a tremendous job. I think the opening game against Blackpool, when he uh, came out completely, missed the ball and um, caught uh, Blackpool player in the face to give away a penalty, I think maybe that was the start of what could have been a real disaster for him but he's been absolutely superb some of the saves he makes is incredible the Plymouth replay in the FA Cup he was absolutely outstanding he made probably the best save I think I've seen for a long long time um you know Fleetwood away yesterday he made some crucial saves and you know it's a myth to some people but I really do believe that a goalkeeper can win you points over the season and you know, there's been a lot of times this season with Ramsay, where we've been rather lucky to win games or get points. And that's simply down to him. I remember Rochdale away. He was an absolute colossus in the goal for us. Um, so that's why I would I would definitely put him in there as, as one of the signings of the season. But a lot of people overlook him because of his position. That's why that's why I think he's a bit of a, an underrated signing. But I think he's got every right for me to be one of the signings of the season, no doubt about it.
0: We've made a compelling case, Matt, but I think you look at some of the signings that have come from non-league we've mentioned McCallum already at Coventry what about Colby Bishop um, I mean he's come um, in from Leamington non-league club to Accrington Stanley scored 10 goals since arriving he's been a bit of an inspired um, addition to Accrington Stanley's squad um, would you say he's been the signing of the season so far
1: yeah for me I think he definitely is I think when when you um award like when you um say someone's the signing of the season you don't just factor in who's been the best new side you actually factor in Sort of like the actual like background of the player, where he's come from, like in the actual the um other factors around which made him join that new club as the new signing. And I think the fact that John Coleman come and poached him from the National League North when let's face it, not really too many people knew who he was. He's um he only made a handful of football league appearances for Notts County before, like he's only really proven um in non league in the sixth tier of English football. And and he identified him to be the man to score the goals when um Billy Key unfortunately couldn't play due to um. Mental health issues, which obviously is a great shame for him, but it, but the fact that John Coleman identified Colby Bishop to be the man to score Ackerton's goals and mount another um challenge to stay in League One, and the, and the fact that how many goals Bishop has scored, ten goals already, I think you, you have to say that he has been the best of this season. I I really like um Atkins recruitment policy. You see them get a couple of gems from non-league, Sam Finley and Dion Charles as well, both um both signed from non-league clubs. So I think. It shows um, the scouts at Aquitaine really do their homework and looking um, down the pyramid. Obviously, um, there are talented players there. The most famous rise of all, obviously, Jamie Vardy. Perhaps um, Bishop could be the next Vardy, Who knows? But I think uh, um, Aquitaine's recruitment system and the fact that Bishop has gone on to play such a key part in what's been another successful season for them if they stay in the league, I think you've really got to look at him for that. And a couple of other honourable mentions I've got, I think Mo Isler, the fact he's... um, the second top goal scorer in the league for um for Peterborough, I think you've you've got to put him in the in the bracket of um the best signing. He's um he had a year without playing really at um Bristol City after he joined from Cheltenham, couldn't really get in the team. So then um he's he's the fact he's had to come without um really too much football in just about the last twelve months. He's just hit the ground running at Peterborough. I think that's a um, huge testament to his attitude and um his um hunger and desire to do well. And another player, which um, I think I can imagine you two rolling your eyes when I say this. I think, um, I, think well, I, I think you've got to include a player from uh, the team top of the league. The fact they've that Wickham have had a massive turnaround from Strugglers last season to top of the league this season. I think our best new signing has been Jack Grimmer on the three from Coventry. He's a huge way of how we play. The, the attacking fullback back um, Jason McCarthy last season was um, a big player for us. And we thought he'd be really sorely missed when he moved on. But Grimmer's come in and arguably actually been better than McCarthy we've only lost once in the 18 games which Grimmer started in the league this season which is um pretty impressive in my opinion and he, um for i think Wickham's goal of the season so far was um the 15 pass move against Peterborough and the move started with Grimmer picking the ball up in right back um in in sort of in Wickham's penalty area and it ended with him putting a cross across goal that the Peterborough defender couldn't help but turn into his own into his own net so it, it just shows the sort of attacking qualities that Grimmer has in not just what's the mean and in not just what's the meanest defense in the league but also the fact that he offers a lot going forward to help Wickham score goals
0: mm. which team do you support Gambram
1: uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i mean yeah you you make a very compelling case again personally i think that um Alex Gorin has been a, a bit of an inspired signing for Oxford as well. Free transfer. I think one of the things that you've got to factor into in the signing of the season is the is the fee. I think Peterborough fans are going to be screaming about Mo Issa, um listening to this. But personally, I think when you look at signing of the season, I think you've got to look at value for money. And it was a massive, massive transfer, Mo Isa, A huge, huge fee. I still, I mean, I'm not sure he's really justified the fee. I'm not sure he ever will, really. It was such a massive transfer um, from Bristol City. Um but, I mean, who, who are we going to go for? I mean, I'm happy to go with Colby Bishop. I think him, him coming in from Leamington, 10 goals. I mean, Matt, are you, are you in agreement with that? Or are, you, are you sticking with your guns about uh, Yakola?
2: No, I'll go I'll go with Bishop. I, I did have Bishop down. I think, you know, you've got to look as well, you know, with, with new signings, the fact that they, they've they made the impact as well. And I think Bishop has. I think he is, you know, Alex made a really good point about sort of Billy Keeves, obviously got mental health issues, which is not a nice thing to... To have obviously, obviously took a break from football, but obviously you know for for a lad like that to come in, National League North player for Leamington, who you know they weren't really that particularly great in in the the sixth tier of England, but he's he's gone in and he's done a really good job. I think he's got ten goals, which is pretty good return for any striker, not just you know for their first season proper in the football league, not just the midway point. And you know East has had a very good campaign. I'm not going to deny that. I'm not going to take it away from him, but I just think. Because Accrington don't get the headlines as much as Peterborough. That's why I consider Bishop as the, the signing of the season for me. So I'm, I'm with Alex on that one.
0: Mm, yeah, I'm, I'm in full agreement, although we've, we've obviously put forward some horrible mentions. Uh, let's more, move forward to manager of the season so far. I think it goes without saying that Gareth Ainsworth is going to be in that conversation, obviously, for the reasons we've mentioned uh, regarding Wickham. Um, I think Carl robinson has got to be in there as well. Oxford and playing some outstanding football. Let's talk about a couple of the ones, uh, teams that we haven't, um, discussed as much, um, so far. And that's, um, Rotherham we haven't mentioned so far. And Paul Warner has been quietly going about his business again. He's had to rebuild once more after championship relegation, had a fairly, um, large turnover of players. Um, a lot went out, a lot came in, they recruited fairly well, had a bit of a slow start, but they've really picked up recently. um, Matt, would you put forward Paul Bourne as one of your um, candidates, for manager of the season so
2: far? Absolutely. I think you know with, with with Paul Warren, I think he's he's a manager who you might see his signings on paper, and whilst they don't certainly jump out of the page, there's certainly players that really fit into his his ideas and his style at Rotherham. Um, I think he's he's a very shrewd operator. But he quietly goes about his business. He likes the fact that Rotherham are a team who at the moment haven't been really talked about that much. Um, and I, you know, I think you're absolutely within your right to put him within the, the brackets of manager of the season. You know, they're not a team with a, a great budget. Um, let's be, let's be reasonable about this. So he's obviously got a, probably a, a more than a few teams got to almost, you know, be re- even more clever in the transfer market. So there's no reason why he shouldn't be up there. And, uh, you know, he's, he's a club legend. He's, you know, he, he had a great success as a player. As a manager, he's had, you know, a promotion and two relegations. But it's not a, a bad thing to say you've been relegated from the championship when you're Rotherham size. Um, no disrespect intended, of course, but I think they'll uh, they'll admit that himself, the, the, the Rotherham fans. But yeah, I think he deserves to to be on the, the list. We know third in the league, um, and you know they're above, the, you know, teams as Peterborough. Sunderland and Portsmouth. I think that's a, a pretty good achievement uh, by by Paul Ward.
0: Mm, I definitely put forward uh, Mark Robbins as well from Coventry City. I think mm. to be fifth in the league, despite all the off-field issues with regarding the stadium and whatnot. I think they've had a fantastic home record. The one thing I would say is they've only just recently picked up their first away win of the season, um, which is quite remarkable consider, considering they're sort of in the promotion race um, and have only um, had one away win all season, which is, which is quite remarkable. But if I could just Again, sort of, a really good job I think you yeah,
2: if I could just step in I'd, I'd give an honorable mention actually to John Coleman now I, I think every year with Accrington, that they're, they're always going to be this team deemed you know on the outside or they're going to get relegated but every year they just seem they just seem to do well you know there's always this factor of oh no we're going to, to play Accrington away I think he's they they're, they're very attacking you know, is you know they have to go and search even deep into non-league football. You know, you t- you talked about it with Bishop, Sam Finley, Dion Charles. Um, they've got such a tight-knit group. They have to rely on loans, things like that. Their budget is is one of the worst in the league, and for them to be at the moment very comfortable in the bottom half of the table, um, I think is is very good going from him. And you know, they're not they're not a massive club either. They're very very small. and I think he deserves massive credit. And, He's a very, very underrated manager at this level for what he's done with, with that football club. So that's that's the the mention I I personally give anyway. Well,
0: I think you could almost put John Coleman in there every season. Every season they sort of stay up. You could put John Coleman in there, considering how good an achievement it is to keep in at this sort of level. Um, as I say, Robbins is definitely in with a shout. Obviously, um, Ainsworth is is probably going to take this one just due to the fact that obviously, as, as for all the reasons we've mentioned, um, that he is, you know, he, you know, Wickham have been. The surprise package have been really a, a, a good side this season. But, Broome, do you want to just talk about Ainsworth's sort of impact, um, not just this season, but his impact over the years at Wickham Wanderers? He's been, really become a, a legend of the club, hasn't
1: he? Yeah, I think he's, he's absolutely incredible what he's done, to be honest. And I can't really put into words like how far he's taken the club, despite um, all the financial issues and the lack of resources. The fact that he, we keep um, seem to be improving every year under his um, guidance is just... Massive credit to the bloke and the hard work that him and his assistant Richard Dobson put into it all, really. Um, since we stayed up on the final day of the season in 2014 on goal difference, we've um, seemed to have been challenging for promotion every season from League Two after that and then finally getting that promotion into League One in 2018, then surviving in League One despite having a toss-up between Iness and for the lowest budget. And let's be fair, it's probably the lowest budget by quite by quite some distance. And then now we've had um, a little bit of investment Ahead of this season, sort of bought in a couple. Of, if we haven't splashed the cash completely. We've even paid a single transfer fee for anyone. We've just bought in um, a few, a couple of players who just to strengthen the squad and the players Ainsworth wants. It, the, the typical hard workers who are graft and put in a shift for the team. You know, you put your blood in the line when you play under Gareth Ainsworth for Wickham, and bringing in those sort of players, which has led to us, um, over. Well, as we said already, overachieving massively and now firmly in the promotion mix and. Uh, I think that Ainsworth so far ahead of manager of the season. I don't. I've not even got anyone else down the shortlist but I think Ainsworth so far ahead of it. I think it's a discredit to him if you put anyone else in the same in the same bracket of him for the job he's done this season. Well, I think that's a bit unfair
0: on Carl Robinson. To be fair, I think with the job he's done at Oxford <laughs> no, this season, not, saying mean,
1: not done not done a very I mean, good job.
0: but... That's a bit of a ludicrous statement from you, isn't it? I mean, let's be honest. I mean, the, the football Carl <laughs> Robinson's got Oxford playing at this season.
1: I, been, I, I don't up. think you can. I don't think you can <laughs> compare um, how the Ainsworth. Ainsworth's Wickham are four points ahead of Oxford United in the table, despite well, having you you a, fraction of, a fraction we... of the wage budget. Um, having spent money on a single player um, in the squad, every player is a free agent, and it's. <laughs> I, I, I just I mean, come on Joe you you, you know the, 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 it's an easier job I'm to, talking, to get Oxford I'm not talking
0: about I'm talking about the quality of football bro. I'm talking about the quality of the football yeah, uh, you know, you a know team playing ra- at this level outstanding you can't deny you know I ra- rate it ra-
2: achievement ra- given Oxford and Wickham were very similar in how they finished last year like position wise it's not that big an achievement like that's that's what I personally think on it anyway I, I yeah, think Robinson's
1: done a fantastic job. I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying he hasn't at all, but I've, I think Ainsworth just what, how, the fact he's taken a club who, let's face it, most people had down to put in put in the relegation fight this season to top of the league in the new year. It, you just can't you can't overlook that. And I don't think Robinson. Okay, yes, he's done a fantastic job, but I don't think he even rivals um so far what Ainsworth's done this season.
0: I, I well, I, I I'm not actually disagreeing with you. I think Ainsworth has been the manager of the season so far, but I think to say that you know Robinson is nowhere near is just. I mean, that's just. I don't agree with that at all. I think the football that he's got Oxford playing this season. I mean, this is the thing. You know, I've 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 been critical of um Robinson in the past, but some of the football he's been playing this season has been, has, been has, been, has, been, <laughs> has been absolutely outstanding. And um, no, I mean, yeah, I think he's definitely in the conversation. I think. Ainsworth and Robinson are the top two, I think. Robbins and Warren, I'd say, just outside. It's quite interesting actually, because I think um, uh, Coughlin at uh, Rovers probably would have been in this conversation. Had he actually? Definitely, hundred percent. Yeah. you know, he's he's obviously now gone to Mansfield, and there's no longer in the conversation. Or, well, I suppose you could say because he's he's been here for half the season, but um, we're not considering he's now a League Two manager. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm more than happy to give it to Ainsworth, but I'm just saying I think Robinson deserves a little bit more respect. I think um, I think he's done a fantastic job, and um, and yeah, he's definitely up there in my uh, in, in the conversation. But I think just as we as we mentioned when we talked about Wickham being the surprise package earlier, I think just due to the the, the low expectations coming into the season for Wickham by many, certainly from the outside looking in anyway, um, to how well Wickham have done, I think Ainsworth has got to take it. Would you agree with that, Matt?
2: Yeah, hundred percent, Ainsworth for me.
0: We'll move. Okay, we'll move on then, and we'll <coughs> get the, um to the last uh, uh award so far, and it's uh, this one's looking a bit more into the future. We're going to talk about which manager we think is most likely to leave their post next. Uh, we've spoken about the struggles of Sunderland and uh, yeah Phil Parks and three wins from from uh, fifteen. Uh, he's skating on thin ice, as he, Brum?
1: Um yeah, I think he he already is. Um, under huge pressure with his job. If he hadn't have beat um, Doncaster the other day, perhaps then ahead of the January transfer window change would have been made already. But I think the win against Doncaster definitely bought him time that he could have potentially been um, been struggling for otherwise. the fact, they've, as, as I said already when I spoke about Sunderland, they've only won um, three games, three league games, under his um, guidance, which is out of ten, which for Sunderland is just really not good enough at all. And it's... It's difficult because you can't really appoint a manager and then sack him. Like appoint a manager a third of the way into the season and sack him halfway into the season, which is what Sunderland would have done if they if they get rid of him now. But you just got to ask yourself: Do you think he like? Do you honestly believe he's going to get the Sunderland team challenging for promotion anytime soon? And I don't. No, I don't think he will. So whether, yeah, I, whether I, I, I
0: totally agree with you. Yeah, whether, whether I totally they agree do, with you, mate, I think they're struggling.
1: Whether, whether they on. are brutal enough to make that decision, I don't know. But I think it would be the best decision of the club to get someone
0: better than parkinson mm, yeah i mean the other ones i've got down uh, salt campbell has been an absolute disaster at south end for, for campbell and you can't really blame him too much but they've just been so abysmal i wouldn't be surprised to see campbell walk away and also i mean darren moore has, has struggled a little bit at uh, doncaster this season i think most people thought that was a really really impressive appointment at the start of the campaign but it's not they've not really lived up the expectations set. Um, at the start of the season, following on from their playoff campaign under Grant McCann last season, have they, Matt?
2: No, they haven't. Um, they had a decent start to the campaign. I think they started the first seven unbeaten, and um, again they, they quietly started their season going well. And then, it, you know, a lot of people haven't talked about their, their bad run. I think obviously under Grant McCann, I think their, their signings last year were, were excellent. You know, you had Wilks, who was arguably probably one of the probably the best winger in the league last year. Um, you had as well. Obviously, Marquis is left. Um, they didn't decide to reinvest that money. Danny Andrew was was very good at left back, so there was obviously that part of it. But I think to be fair, you do look at Doncaster's team. They are expected to be what 16th in the table is where they are. So, and they have got three games in hand. You know, look, they are only eight points off sixth place Peterborough, which just shows how ridiculous this league is. So, I can see why he's been put in there. But then, you know, I think he is doing an okay job I don't think it's I, you know I'm 55th I could see why he's getting a mention but then I can kind of think well you know maybe he's took this team to actually where they actually are to be fair
0: well, I think I think Doncaster fans have, have been putting them under a bit of pressure recently I do, I do think they're pretty dissatisfied with the performances I think January is going to offer them an opportunity to get in the goal that they've been desperately lacking this season I think that's what they've really lacked as goals they've not filled the void that John Marquis left in the summer when he went to Portsmouth um, Brian Barry Murphy as well at Rochdale. I mean, yeah. Rochdale are in the worst form in the division. Two wins and eight defeats from their last 10 games. They've really fallen off a cliff. I mean, they played some decent passing football at the start of the season. Looked as if they could be a side to, to watch out for. But since then, have really they haven't been able to buy a win. Brum, do you think Barry uh, Brian Barry Murphy um, could be getting the boot?
1: I, I would definitely wouldn't rule it out. Um, it's... I think a successful season for Watchdale is always um, going to just be surviving in this league, being if you're being realistic with um, the budget and the squad they have. So I think if he does keep them up and they've sort of they'd have hit their targets for the season, so it's just whether the board believe that they think he is the right man to keep them up. And as it stands, while they're in shocking form, they are to, um, two places outside of the relegation zone. But um, and it's, it's another positive for, that, for Brian Barry Murphy hugely that two of the relegation spots are pretty much already um, filled. Well. Two of the three now, was obviously Barry took one when they um, were expelled, and Southend and Bolton, so it's it, it's lucky. They're one of the teams that, who are benefiting hugely from only um, one real relegation spot for grabs this season, so that could potentially be what does save Baron, Brian Barry Murphy's job, the fact that they're less likely to go down purely because there's um, only really one relegation spot available.
0: Mm. Uh, yeah, it's quite an interesting um, topic. I mean, personally, I think Phil Parkinson is actually going to be given a bit of time at Sunderland. I think he's going to be given the January transfer window to, to get his own players in. So I'm not sure he is actually going to be the manager most likely to get sacked. I think he's definitely under the most pressure. I think Sunderland fans have made it quite clear that they're not really impressed with him as as, as the manager. But I think I think... I think Darren Moore's under quite a bit of pressure. I think they need to start getting results in quickly. They, they lost to Sunderland um, yesterday, which is a really poor result, considering um, the form Sunderland were on. Um, I, think, I think he might be the next to go. What do you think, Matt? I
2: um, think it could be Park- I,
0: Parkinson? Or I think, you, I'd, you, have to, think?
2: I'd, I'd have to say Parkinson, because whilst the other couple of the suggestions have been very good, I think that they, especially with Brian barry Merrick, he's somebody who's got a long-term plan. They've got a young team, Rochdale. Got some, you know, they've, you know, you look at the likes of Luke Matheson. Um, there's a few other good youngsters in their team that you're going to see, you know, in their team for the next couple of years. And they might get, you know, they could get better. They could go up the, the, the table very soon. And the expectations are always, as Alex said, quite rightly, to stay up. Um, you've got to remember with Darren Moore as well. You know, you know, last weekend, they did, you know, beat um, Peterborough, didn't they? they? I'm sorry, Boxing Day. They've got a big result against them, so that's obviously something to bear in mind, and I don't think they're imminent sackings as such, but I just think with Parkinson, I think the the Sunderland fans, when when they get their voices heard, they can really um, sort of make the decision almost essentially for the owner to go, Um, and it's happened over the last few years when the pressure really got to Ross, they wanted him out, the owners listened, got rid of him, Um, and I think it could be the same for Parkinson. He hasn't set the world alight as you've often said so for me yeah Parkinson's the uh, the, the next manager to get sat for me
0: from you in agreement
1: well there, there's one name which um, has been mentioned which I think definitely deserves to be thrown into this conversation and that's Darren Ferguson I think his um P- of the squad mm. realistically mm-hmm. with the quality of players they have should definitely be um, well I think they should um, probably definitely be in the automatic promotion um, picture and they've, in, they've only won one of their last five games they've really started to tail off and as I touched earlier, that potentially could be due to Madison being slightly out of form, but they haven't scored in the last three either. And that's despite being, at one point, it looked like they just couldn't stop scoring with um, the, their front three of um, East Tony, and Madison. But it looks like that's sort of dried up a little bit. And I think the most managers at this level would be able to get those three scoring. And um, the, the consensus in the Peterborough fan base is that Ferguson is not really working out again for what's what now forced into manager, is it? So I think it wouldn't surprise you to see him given the boot soon. Because you look at what happened last season with Steve Evans, Peter Bickle, um, when he was manager of Peter, Bickle, he got sacked in there and still in their play. I think they were, like, were they fourth in the league when Steve Evans got sacked. Yeah, like they were. Yeah, still they, were a, yeah. they were still in the promotion picture and they were actually in a high position than what they are now with um, a worse squad. And he got given the boot last, last year. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if Darren Ferguson gets sacked quite soon. Because I know that Peter Bacher is quite ruthless and he doesn't mind spending the money and um, making changes to get the success which he craves for his club.
0: Is, is are you going for Ferguson then, bro?
1: Oh, if I had to pick a name, uh, yeah, I probably would. You know, I think I would go for Ferguson.
2: Really
0: gee we've, Well, we're, we're completely split then. Um, Matt w- w- Parkinson. I mean, I I can come around to Parkinson. I think he might give it be given time though, but I think the pressure might um. You know, might might prove to be too much. I'm going to, I'm going to swing my vote back to Parkinson, but I, st- I still think that it could be, you know, Moore's under a bit of pressure at Doncaster, but um, Broomey has been outvoted on this one, and we're going to say Phil Parkinson's going to be the next manager to be sacked. Um, so there you go. That is our mid-season awards. Uh, we have decided, I'll recap quickly, the biggest underachievers so far this season have been Sunderland. Surprise package has been Wickham. The hot prospect has been Marcus Force. The player of the season... Um, has been Marcus Madison. Uh, the signing of the season has been Colby Bishop. The manager, best manager so far has been uh, Gareth Ainsworth and the manager most likely to get sacked next is Phil Parkinson. Um, thanks guys for joining me as ever.
2: Um, and also,
1: Before close, we wrap up quickly, can I just ask your guys um, three teams to go up and three teams to go down just at this point in the season? If, I'll, I'll Ooh, kick nice off one. If, nice one. if you want. I'll, I'm going to go with um, my three teams to get promoted. Oxford... Peterborough and Portsmouth, and then my three teams to go down Bolton, South End, and oh, it's a, it's a tough one for the third one Oxford, South End, and I'm gonna go with Chandler. Mm. Not Oxford, sorry, um, Bolton, Southend, you, and Tranmere.
2: I'll go with Oxford, <laughs> promoted Oxford, Peterborough, and Rotherham. I'm going to go relegated. I'm going to go obviously South End, Bolton and I'm going to say Tranmere. Uh,
0: yeah. I mean, I'll go to, to go down. I think as much as I'd like to see Bolton pull off this great escape, I can't really see it. So I'm going to go Bolton, Southend are dead and buried. And I think Rochdale with the form they're on, unless they can find something out of somewhere, I think Rochdale might be the third team to go down at the moment. I think they're you know, really struggling to go up. Um, it all depends on what January looks like for Oxford if we go up or not. I mean, if we keep hold of the players, add a couple, I definitely can see us finishing in the top two. If we lose a few, it could go all horribly wrong. So on the proviso that we keep hold of most of our players and add a couple of quality additions, I do think we're, we've we got a good chance of going up. So I'll, I'll chuck us in there. Um, I'll say... I'll say I'll say Rotherham and I'll say I'll say Coventry. Why not? Um, yeah, that'd probably be horribly wrong come the end of the season, but yeah, I, I fancy them at the moment. So yeah, that is um, that is just about wrapped up our mid-season uh, our mid-season awards. Um, if you disagree disagree horribly with us um, send your abuse to at alexbrum underscore on Twitter and and, uh, or or you can alternatively follow us on Twitter at L1 Lowdown Um, we'll see you again uh, very soon to talk through all the um, New Year's Day fixtures and, and yeah we'll see you then bye